The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley here today with Attorney Jeremy Hudson. Actually, Jeremy Hudson was the fellow voice with me when we began the Advisors Roundtable a few years ago. It's a number good of years ago. You, How many years ago was that? Almost seven. That's incredible, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's always good to have you back in the saddle. You know, feels comfortable, you know, uh, like we, we haven't missed a day. Yeah. When I start hearing the the, uh, the pre-show come on and you hear you start getting in the uh, the familiar feelings of what happened uh, years ago and, and you're back in the saddle, you're comfortable. You know, back. It's back home. Yeah. Yeah. Just having a conversation, right? Yeah, exactly. Professional advice for your life. huh? That's I think we, you came up with that tagline, didn't you? I mean, I've not gotten any royalties from that. <laughs> I've been waiting on it. Every time I hear it, I think, yeah. I remember writing that, yeah, you know, and exactly coming up right. with that. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm yeah. glad that you're taking the ball and running with well, it. Well, you know, you, you started as a writer. Yeah. You haven't gotten royals used for everything you wrote. No. Huh? <laughs> that's the life of a writer, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's see. We, we were going through the list a while ago as you refine your life. Uh, you started as a, a writer and then a Pulitzer Prize nominee and then attorney. And uh, you know, now, what the heck are you doing, man? That's a great question i'm trying to figure that out uh every single day um no i i, I that's a, an accurate resume a rundown of kind of what, what i've been through um newspaper reporter for a number of years and then went to law school and uh and worked for here in corinth with keith carlton and bobby wood for uh from 07 until late 2019 yeah. and and our family owns um uh, a property management company and a lot of apartment complexes mm-hmm. in about seven different states. Mm-hmm. So um, I've, I've decided to go into that venture and mm-hmm. figure out what it's like to actually manage property. Ooh. And a lot of my friends said, man, you're going to have a, you know, a less stressful work <laughs> life, right? You know, leaving the practice of law, the daily practice of law right. and uh, moving into property management. That right. must be a good deal, right? No, 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 it's way more stressful than I ever envisioned. Um, I mean, you're doing that, you know, from your ivory tower up there, man, and all these <laughs> doors are in other states. What could be so stressful about it? Yeah, huh? um, I've been on the road a fair amount. You know, it's I'm going to actually go into um, Alabama this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a one of our offices in a town called Albertville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to. I've been over there a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Albertville and Gunnersville, mm-hmm. uh, that area, is really it's kind beautiful. of a cool spot. Yeah, it's it's really. like Pickwick, but yeah. a little. Yeah. Little, it's got it's got some mountain area around yeah. it, it too. It does. It's, yeah, and it's, you get a little east of there, get over toward Fort Payne, you know, and you mm-hmm. start to hear the banjos play. And <laughs> 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 uh, my father was the. the 
the pastor of the, the Methodist Church over there and uh, mm. in, in Fort Payne at one time. I did not uh, know that. And so mm. uh, my family spent a fair amount of time in that part of Alabama. So yeah. Absolutely good. And, you know, the, the group Alabama, the uh, group of the decade of the 1980s in country and yeah. pop music, uh, they're from that mountain up there. Yeah, one of um, uh, our business acquaintances the other night I was over there and he said hey you want to come over to the house uh, Randy Owens playing in the backyard there you go I said what <laughs> yeah yeah he said he's coming over to the house and playing tonight yeah, and I said yeah. well uh, my wife expects me back home tonight <laughs> you know so I had to I had to leave but uh, yeah but yeah that's exactly Randy's right. a really just delayed guy he actually was in my father's youth group uh, at, at way back, way back in the sixties, seventies, yeah, uh, at, at, at that church, and and so you know they're just a, a laid back family, yeah. you know, mega wealthy, mega um, successful, mega famous, right? But you know, you'll see him on the street, you know, and he'll he'll be you know in his jogging clothes or or in a pair of blue jeans and, and cowboy boots, and he looks like every other person you know, on crazy. the street, and I- and. You know, he doesn't drive around with an entourage, right? And, and that sort of stuff. And he the could connections to greatness that Greg Cooley has. You know, that's I should never be amazed. Right? <laughs> He's, uh, but that part of the country um, is uh, where you have what one or two facil or one or two properties. Oh no, we've got a lot in Alabama. Mm. Um, probably. 75 something nope. in that range um so we're it's from coast to coast just like mississippi um, mm-hmm. we've got properties gulfport to horn lake mm-hmm. you know um it's and so we're, we've got a pretty wide network of people mm-hmm. so managing those um that portfolio of properties mm-hmm. and the problems that come along with it like mm-hmm. when i started working in property management I, I really the first weekend there was some there was a storm down south mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's down south. I'm up here. I'm not really worried about that. It did not register with me that we had properties in the eye of this storm, right? Mm-hmm. And so our, our maintenance supervisor called me, and he's just like, hey, so like, no, we dodged a bullet. We're all clear. And I had to act like, yeah, I knew that. Oh, I've been watching that. No, I wasn't. <laughs> like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. It hadn't dawned on me. Now, now a cloud like, comes up, you pucker up, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like a little, you know, Dave Brown running around. Like, what's going on? You know? Yeah, because you know, roofs and doors and windows and shutters. And, you know, yeah. fortunately, um, you know, our insurance. Uh, I know them very well. You know, um, but that's one one aspect of um, it's been really an easy transition. Practicing law, you learn how to handle a lot of different things, a yeah. lot of different yeah. issues, and um, so I'm, you know, really comfortable taking over the the insurance aspect of our uh, all of our claims and making sure I've got some really talented people at our home office here in Corinth and yeah. and then in Alabama also who they know they know more than me yeah know, but I'm just trying yeah. I'm yeah. really trying to get in there and help where I can and, and figure out things yeah um, but I've been that's dealing with insurance adjusters and and looking at their notes and understanding what they're trying to do mm-hmm. um, that's been a pretty easy transition right and the writing aspect of it communicating mm-hmm. to um, USDA Rural Development or Mississippi Home Corp mm-hmm. our tax credit agencies mm-hmm. um, you know it's just being a professional, yeah, it's really yeah. uh, the skill set kind of transitions. Yeah, and, and as I indicated earlier, it's kind of a, a honing in and a refining, you know. And you never uh, realize when you're doing all of these exogenous things that one of these days all this is going to tie together. 
Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're just a responsible adult, one of these days this stuff ties together. You know? I'm still waiting to, ver- to fill out the responsible adult part of that, <laughs> and I hope I figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. You know, I'm 41. <laughs> yeah, I, times are ticking, right? Yeah, i got to figure uh, it out pretty soon. But I, I think you are uh, honing in and you're focusing and, you know, it's, uh, uh, you're getting there. And, and I'm really excited to hear your opinion on some things related to property management. Yep. And uh, so we're going to take a break here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. And we come back, Jeremy Hudson, attorney at law and property manager, is going to talk to us about, do you want to be a landlord? Right here on Super Talk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planner Greg Cooley here with attorney Jeremy Hudson. And uh, Jeremy, uh, we talked a little bit about the fact that now you're in this property management thing. Um, I have folk from time to time. Grandma will die and leave them 100 grand. Mm. And uh, they, they're afraid of the volatility of the stock market. And so they say, hey, I'm going to run out and buy two or three rent houses. Mm-hmm. Do they want to be a landlord? <laughs> I huh? mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's like anything else in real estate, I think. It's location. It's mm-hmm. very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of families you're going to serve is very important. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of issues to think about. But I've got a lot of you know, friends who are, um, in, who are landlords, just do it on the side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't have any kind of rental subsidy to help them out. It's just they're expecting their tenants to pay their full rent. Sometimes yeah. in an economy such as this, it's difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so having uh, a few to figure out if you like it mm-hmm. is kind of, it's it's probably a good way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I started overseeing 264 properties, <laughs> you know, so I went from zero to 264. Um, At warp to, speed, right? Yeah, trying to figure that out has been um, been interesting, but... But I think um, in an economy like this, it's probably pretty difficult. You've got a lot of things where, like right now, it's an unusual time. Mm-hmm. You know, in my first, really, I had about two months to really get my legs under me in this job, mm-hmm. and then a pandemic hits, mm-hmm. and everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I didn't know how it was before, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's, this is my normal. I'm operating yeah, in the pandemic, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you can't evict people for non-payment of rent at our properties um, mm-hmm. until the process can start July 25th, unless they extend it, which is very mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our properties are in they're they're um, in the USDA Rural Development Program. Yeah. So it's USDA is like uh, it's a huge budget, obviously, and they serve mm-hmm. um, serve a, a lot of different aspects of uh, agricultural business mm-hmm. it's interesting that rural development housing is within usda yeah like i always say if most you look of at, us wouldn't know that right you, you look at the budget as like think about it as a pie chart like yeah, a big yeah. circle right yeah you've got like these big allocations that involve farming and, and nutrition and things like that mm-hmm. and then you have like this little eight percent sliver over there mm-hmm. and it says other okay right we're one of the many things listed in other gotcha. right but we're able to get, um, when I talk about traditional um, housing, mm-hmm. they don't have rental assistance. And right. a lot of our properties, we do. And it's based on our, our tenants' income. That, of course, they have to be eligible to, to live there. It's affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got to verify their income and make sure that they're eligible to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great majority of our properties, we're blessed enough to have um, rental assistance that helps people okay. um, offset the amount of rent they've got to pay. All right. So... We're very fortunate there. Um, that's the difference between what we do. Yeah. One of the differences. And what, what I have do. done in the past. Right. When I had apartments and rent, and rent houses and things Trying like that. Trying to find, you know, 
trying to find somebody, somebody who go. can pay me seven hundred dollars every month. Yeah, good luck with that right now. You know, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. and so, and then especially when the president started this, you know, President Trump goes on. Um, uh, he has, has a press conference and he says, I want landlords to work with everybody. Just, you know, be patient. <laughs> and as soon as he said that, I was like, well, nobody's going to pay rent. They're going to say, <laughs> President Trump said, we don't have to pay rent. Yeah, yeah. And within weeks, that's what I was hearing. That's about right. And then the, all the, the moratorium on, on evictions came out mm-hmm. and you don't want to, you don't want to oh, no. evict good tenants or I people don't. who are, I don't, you don't, you mm-hmm. want to you know, recognize that there's a difficult time for people right now and you want to yeah. take care of them. Yeah. Be um, humane, be understanding. Right. But it's, there's gotta be communication, uh-huh. you know, yeah. that's the, the main thing that I've told all of our managers is to, you know, document what's going on. Mm-hmm understand that people are going through a difficult time right now mm-hmm. one thing that we're blessed with that a lot of private um, landlords are not blessed with mm-hmm. is our mortgages are paid to rural development okay. um, and they've since they have a moratorium on the evictions mm-hmm. they've also temporarily suspended our mortgage payments ah. so that's oh, helps yeah, that helps you yeah. know yeah. but if you're not having rent come in though <laughs> You still got to pay to fix the properties if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's been a challenge right now with contractors wanting to go inside units mm-hmm. to repair, to do even basic things like mm-hmm. our employees to go fix air filters and go um, uh, check the smoke detectors. Right. We've been making sure those things because those are vital health and safety issues. Sure, they are. It's a challenge. Some tenants don't want you coming in their ha- in their apartment, right. you know, and yeah. and so. Those are issues that nobody's ever had to think about before. No, and and no. so we're all it's an evolving yeah process right now. So I, I have people. Uh, and I use that example a minute ago. It wasn't one you know I just pulled out of the air. It, it's, it's happened to me before. Somebody you know inherited a little money. They mm-hmm. come into you know, a little money and they think they want to be a landlord. The very first thing I I tell them to do is you know. Talk to some of us who've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, it may seem like, you know, I'm going to buy three rent houses. Every one of them going to pay me $700 a month. Every month I'm going to have $2,100 worth of, of money. And, man, I can make a condo payment and destined on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's what people yeah. initially. Well, what we have to do with each one of our properties is, is actually do a budget, you know, mm-hmm. and submit them to rural development and have them be approved. And so I would recommend anybody mm-hmm. who's going to do that is to – Budget it out. And one of the things that we do when we budget is you expect, you plan for a certain number uh, or a percentage of vacancies. You do. Because you've got to. There's going to be damage to a unit that's not occupied for a while. There's going to be something that happens. You're not going to get 700 every month from every one of them. No, it's not going to happen. You know, if somebody moves out on you and then you got it takes a little bit of time to, to, uh, you know, clean up the unit, get somebody, you know, back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, all those kind of things. So right. it's, it takes time. And then there's overhead associated with that. You got to pay insurance. You got to pay, you know, in my case, you had to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. You, you, you may have a mortgage payment, yep. you know, if you had, you know, you bought this thing for $30,000, you, you think you got a deal and you get in there and it's like an onion, you peel it back and you've got $30,000 worth of, of repair on top of it. Well, mm-hmm. you didn't have that 30000 so you had to go borrow against the, the deed that you, when you, you bought the thing. So you got this note payment and, you know, when they're not there, you got to keep the lights on because when you show it, you know, you don't want it to be an oven in the middle of July. <laughs> That's right. 
the bills keep coming even though the rent doesn't. You know, yeah. that's the, that's the uh, one thing that I would really caution people to keep in mind, mm-hmm. you know, if they're if they are thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you come into a fair amount of money, there are a lot of things you can do. Yeah. Um yeah. but, you know, in in investing is something and that's a prop mm-hmm. real estate's an investment. You it just is. have to know that. Uh, from the start, sometimes investments work out well for you, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to be patient. How risk averse are you? Yeah, you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know? And, and as you said, after I tell them to, to talk to somebody who's done it before, and you tell them to look at the numbers, most of the time when you make people do any kind of math, <laughs> <laughs> right, they back off. Yeah, and you talked them out of it right off the bat. Well, that's what when I went to. Um, undergrad at Mississippi State I remember going there and um, my professor or my uh, counselor advisor mm-hmm. said you know what do you want to major in mm-hmm. and I said well what requires the least amount of math possible <laughs> and they said communication sign me up and the next thing I knew I was working at the school newspaper you know <laughs> not much math there <laughs> until you got to the statistics part of baseball Oh, I knew that. I oh, could, you I could calculate OPS and batting averages yeah, and slugging percentage. Like that's my, that's how I learned how to do math. Was the back of baseball cards? Absolutely, and quite actually, in the fifth grade, and I'm thinking about this right as as we speak. In the fifth grade, my we lived in Kentucky at this particular mm-hmm. time in my life, and my teacher was a, a man, mm-hmm. Mr. Literal. All this is coming out of my brain just so, yeah. as I'm speaking. This, this is coming. And uh, so Mr. Literal was my, but he was also the assistant high school baseball coach. Mm-hmm. And so when we did math, of course, back then in the fifth grade, you didn't go to various classes. You yeah. just, you know, one classroom, teacher taught everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's how old I am. So it, I it, wasn't going to make a one classroom, one, one class, like you stay in the same building all day not the same class yeah. right yeah. i wasn't going to do that to you but yeah. you, you went yeah. there yeah you weren't going to do the little red schoolhouse kind of thing <laughs> were you so uh he, when he did math he related it to baseball yeah i mean i think it's anything else percentages it's, yeah that's how i learned um i had i could t- quote you stats mm-hmm. you know from mm-hmm. 1986 87 mm-hmm. it's kind of lost that now because i don't have time to focus on it as much as i want to mm-hmm. and they're not playing baseball right now let's uh that, there's that jeremy stay focused i don't need to get <laughs> off on that right now uh we could go off on that good oh my goodness Greg. Yeah, it's, what I, they ought to do and so, get in a room hash it out yeah i don't they're, they're they've got to there's too much to lose there yeah, there's yeah. too much to lose yeah. but Multi-million um, dollars. But, yeah, ma- mathematics uh, can be real, and it can be interesting if somebody just shows you how to look at it. Right. Well, that's one of the things. If you're going to be in business, you've got to deal with numbers. You have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the numbers don't add up, then what you then that helps you um, guide your decisions. Yep. You know, so you've got to be uh, open to those things. And if you're not a numbers person, go find somebody who is. There. If you really want to do that, yep. go it. find people. They're you know, accountants, CPAs who can help you um, – crunch those numbers mm-hmm. and tell you if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. And and before you get into to anything, especially property management, understand all the nuances mm-hmm. of it. Because uh, if you're not a construction kind of guy or lady. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, same with me. You know, like what I've um, I've learned a lot in the little bit of time that I've been um, you know in property management because mm-hmm. Like a pump station. I had no idea, you know, yeah, about, like, yeah. or grease traps in your apartment complex. Those things are that I'm hearing about and I'm learning about consistently. Yeah. Roofs, you don't know, understand those things. But yeah. then um, I, I'm learning uh, what is looks to be a good roof job and what doesn't. Mm. Now, if I say shingles up there, I assume it's good. 
that's not always the case, you know? And so do they just tack them on? Uh-huh. Like what, what do they do with the decking? All uh-huh. those kind of things uh-huh. uh, I'm learning every single day. Yeah. But you've got to be able to... Um, you got to be interested enough to want to learn because if you don't, this won't work out for you. Yeah, it's really difficult for it to be a complete side side uh, mm-hmm. side job yeah right? i mean it's helpful you can do it but you better have people you trust yeah that's exactly right i mean if you got to go to work you know at kimberly clark and there needs to be a roof job on one of your rent houses and you send jeremy over there to do it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah great example you're gonna be in trouble you know well you know you gotta trust him yeah or hope yeah uh, uh, you know and you gotta know how as you pointed out how to come back behind him and see if he just did a good facade thing or he yep. really did it like it's supposed to be done. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to find. One of the challenges that we have, and I, I told you about location is mm. so important, our properties are generally in rural areas. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have you know, some in, in Corinth and Boonville in this area that are really you know, in a city mm. uh, that are close. But mm-hmm. um, a few weeks back, I was in like Peelahatchee, Mississippi. Mm. Have you ever been to Peelahatchee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's not a lot there, right? Yeah. And so trying to find contractors mm-hmm. who can go out and actually, mm-hmm. um, A, somebody who can do it mm-hmm. because there aren't a lot of people there, but people who hold themselves out to do it might not be able to do it. Right. Um, so you've got to you know, build a network of people who you trust. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the biggest key. And then sometimes, unfortunately, you don't know until you get burned. That's, that's part of it. And it's one of the things... You know, it's kind of like investing in a stock. You know it's going to go down eventually. Right. You know, it, it, they go up, they go down. There's volatility. You just got to be ready for that part of the business. Yeah. We're going to take another break here at the Advisors Roundtable. Enjoy having this conversation with Jeremy Hudson. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about property management and making decisions inside running a business on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified financial planner Greg Cooley with you as your host today. And my co-host is uh, today Jeremy Hudson, attorney at law and the guy who helped us start this um, this Advisors Roundtable six or seven years ago. It was a, kind of a fun time uh, to, to get it started. And it's always fun to have you back. Yeah, I am always appreciate it. Um, I, I rarely hear from you anymore. You're right. We used to be neighbors. <laughs> yeah, then no. it's, occasionally I'll get a text that says, hey, you want to come on? show and it's always great i hate that we live in the same town and rarely oh, I, see one another I swear. it's just the way people you know we're all it's busy lives for sure but I was i'm gonna blame that. it on my wife and children yeah completely that's why i'm always at a softball field if i'm not at work i'm chasing anna around a softball field or she's a high school cheerleader i'm there you know but i don't see people at games because i do the chains there you go so i don't i miss out on that too yeah but um i was thinking this morning as i was getting ready about the history of the show mm. and i really am um What's the best word? Um, I'm proud of you, I guess is the oh, easiest well, thing to say, you. because we started this out with just kind of a vision, you know, it we'll was. see how it goes. Yeah. And you've been through myself, you've mm-hmm. been through, I think John Windsor mm-hmm. took over uh, mm-hmm. my role after mm-hmm. I left. Mm-hmm. And then you went to a sort of a, and Bubba came along right. and bringing in a lot of people from the community. Right. The one constant throughout that has been you. Well, thank and you. And so you've been here throughout, and it's a great service that you offer. But honestly, that's who you are. You're, if I'm, if I'm going to think about Greg Cooley, I'm going to think about consistency. Well, I hope so. Uh, and you know what? We need people like that in our lives. Mm-hmm. We, we really do. You, you need somebody that, you know, at church. When you go to church, you think you're going to see five or six people. Yeah. 
And if they're not there, you're, you're like, well, well, how are we going to do the choir? <laughs> you know, if so-and-so's not there. Uh, yeah. You know, you need those rocks of Gibraltar. Right. And same thing in business and in the community. You just need folk who are going We to are definitely creatures of habit. And mm-hmm. when we get thrown out of that habit um, yeah. or the routine and we don't see this, something's different, it just offsets you a little bit. So. You know, yeah. uh, you have a great voice for radio anyway. Oh, well, so thank I used to, you. what's one thing that I, when I would go back and listen to these shows when we did them years ago, right. I would be like, you sound like you have like the voice of God kind of thing. Right. Uh, and, and, uh-huh. I, and I say that um, jokingly, but you have a great radio voice uh-huh. and I sounded like I was 12. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to deepen my voice. Uh, bit, yeah, well, we've know. we've gotten you up to about eighteen, but now I know? guess yeah, <laughs> the hairline gives it away. Yeah, well, uh, that and all that screaming at those softball games for those daughters, you know, oh, yeah, it's almost I, like smoking, isn't it? it does something nervous. to your voice. I don't scream or anything. I'm like a, I'm a nervous, quiet type. Mm-hmm. Plus, I do our books, mm-hmm. so I'm very much like just writing down things and and. Try to be involved and, and act like a pro out there too. Yeah, but, but it's challenging. But it's it you know this weekend, past weekend we were at Oxford, and the weekend before that we we're in Sunatobia. Mm-hmm. Um, and this weekend our girls are going to Decatur, Alabama. Oh, so fun it's times. Serious over there. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it's really good to just see them grow up. Oh, uh-huh. it's fun. Like a lot, some of these girls she's played with since they were ten or eleven. Yeah. you know, and so. You've seen them progress as mm-hmm. kids, as mm-hmm. players, just people. Yeah. You know, it's it's really when it's done right. You know, youth sports are really, really a, a great thing. So, are you coaching them? I'm kind of third in command on our team. Third, um, okay. I, I've got our head coach is a, is a um, firefighter from Tupelo named Nathan Flanagan. Okay, uh, he's a great guy. Uh, second in command is Wesley McNatt. He lives in Tishomingo County. Okay. And I basically tell them what to do, but I let them take credit. Like, that's pretty much the way it works. <laughs> well, that rock of Gibraltar back right. there. Right. Somebody's you know. got to do it. You yeah. understand Somebody, that. Somebody's got to yeah. know how to steer this thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the Wizard of Oz. I'm just pulling the strings. <laughs> they know that. Well, one of the reasons I asked about, you know, where you were in the, the pecking order on the team, you know, you got your children involved. Mm-hmm. You got their future and, 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 you know, their interest and their safety and all that. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you make a decision about who you trust? Yeah. And, and it's not just in that situation about who you are allowed to coach your children mm-hmm. and you want your children taking advice from and instruction from, but you know, uh, who do you trust? Uh, we pointed out to people to help you repair those those rental properties exactly and, and, and it's like it, 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 those kind of things whether it's a, a contractor mm-hmm. a lawyer mm-hmm. a doctor mm-hmm. a lot of it's word of mouth mm-hmm. you know and i mean you can advertise a lot and advertising it helps you get your name out you yeah, know that's yeah. a there's a lot of value in advertising right but when you hear that advertising if it's going to be you know greg and bubba advertising about your services mm-hmm. Uh, what's the bet? What are you going to do? You're going to say, well, Hey, I've been thinking about Greg and Bub. I hear them on the radio. Um, let me, uh, you've used Greg before. What do you think about him? There what's you your go. experiences? There you go. You know? yeah. And the same thing, I'll tell you who I call a lot of times for advice on, on contractors, uh, contractor work. Yeah. Greg Tyson. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. You know people who know more mm-hmm. stuff than mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As a building inspector, he ought to know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so I pulled it up, you know, how do people, uh, we were, talking a little bit about trusting and, and using people and having people involved in your life, whether they're coaching your children or repairing your building or whether they're your advisor or whatever. You know, how do people make decisions? Mm-hmm. 
All right, so this is uh, something that came out of psychology today about two years ago. Mm-hmm. How do people make decisions? Number one is first impression. Yeah. You have, when I, when I interview somebody, I can tell within the first five minutes whether we have a connection, whether they present themselves well. Okay. Um, so a lot of those things, too, your first impression goes mm-hmm. a long, long way. Yeah. During the break, we were talking about marketing, right? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. so... If you're in business, mm-hmm. I don't care if you are a, a builder, mm-hmm. whatever your profession is, right? Plumber, yeah. How you present yourself, mm-hmm. your initial reaction, yeah, mm-hmm. or the initial um, presentation of yourself goes a long ways. Yeah. Because I'm going to see somebody and I'm going to make a decision yeah. about them. Now, whether that's whether the way they carry themselves, yeah. I'm not talking about you know clothing type or skin yeah. color or anything like that. How do you carry yourself and how do you present yourself? What do you think? All right, uh, I, I, don't th- I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but uh, how'd you meet your wife? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, we were in eighth grade, I think. Okay. She's maybe in ninth grade. All right. And um, uh, we, we had a, a mutual acquaintance, right? Okay. And we. I think the first time was at the movie theater. The, okay. What is it called? The Twin Cinema. Oh, yeah. yeah the Twin, Twin Cinema, Cinema out here, here on Highway 72. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the first time we really met. And then I wound up talking to her mm. more than I did our mutual acquaintance, uh-huh. who was a girl I was talking to at yeah. the time. And, and, and you know, uh, so you were talking to this other girl. Yeah. Let's not, I, really, I'm I reading, wanna, let's I'm, not talk about that too uh, much, Oh, Ray. okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> I'm reading twi- between the lines there. And, and, and then, you know, this mutual acquaintance. Yeah. And, and then uh, you, you see Kate. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, something, something in that first impression made you want to talk more to her than the other person. Yeah. Her hair. Okay. Yeah. Because it's funny. <laughs> I, I saw her hair and it she had really pretty curly hair. Yeah. And then fast forward. I don't really. She went to Alcorn Central. I went to Corinth. Right. Right. Um, fast forward to Mississippi State University. Maybe my junior year. Uh, I walk in one of those 300 person classes. Oh, yeah. And I'm late. Everybody else is there ready to go. But I'm late. That's just who I was at that time. Uh-huh. I walk into the class and I see an open seat down to the left. And there's I see this curly headed girl mm. and I said that's Casey Wood uh, and so I go sit beside her yeah. and, and pretty soon after there she was Casey Hudson there you go uh, the rest is history yeah. something some impression some mm-hmm. you know you know uh, eyes hair uh, mannerisms mm-hmm. uh, stature something uh, made you think you know hey I'm interested. Right, right. Well, uh, the same thing is true when it comes to business or people you trust or or people you're going to be involved with, as whether they're the, your advisor or the, the coach of your children. Mm-hmm. Number one, the very first thing Americans say is first impression. The second thing is the ability to communicate. For sure. Uh, that's You've got to be able to – you can have all the knowledge in the world, mm. but if you can't express it to someone – it's not gonna. It's not gonna um, serve you well yeah. because you have to be able to tell people what you can do for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell that to our staff a lot. Is that the way you approach people? Oh boy! And, and I, I t- yeah. would really value this. And I was joking yeah. earlier about I wound up in a communication degree mm-hmm. from Mississippi State because I didn't want to do math. Mm. <laughs> but some of the most valuable lessons I still think about came from communication classes. Oh yeah! And it's simply in the way you approach people. It is. If you really want to have a serious conversation with somebody, you don't yell at them from across the room. There you go. Hey, come here. Yeah. You, know, you approach them. Yeah. And you let them know, hey, I, this is something we need to address. Yeah. And you kind of preface your comments, let them know, hey, this is something important I want to talk to you about. 
and make sure that you have their attention. Right. Don't just randomly walk into their office. And, and you're say, showing them respect. Exactly. All yeah. those things. So, you know, a couple of days ago, I, I'm, and I'm not going to actually tell you which local restaurant I was frequenting at the time because sure. this is not necessarily a very complimentary story. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the ladies working there, obviously she's in some position of management. Yeah. So here's the, the dining room. Mm-hmm. And back there are those swinging kind of uh, uh, doors that, you know, you had in a saloon. Yeah. And back behind that is the kitchen. Mm-hmm. She walks to the doorway, stands in the threshold, pushes one of the swinging doors open, and yells inside, Hey, Jeremy, mm-hmm. does your mama work here? <laughs> I ain't picking up after you. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> now, probably to have a better... Um, effect on Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Maybe she should have walked into the room and walked over to him and said that so 75 people couldn't hear it. Right, right. <laughs> Unless she wanted to fire him and well, wanted him to quit or whatever. One of the fastest way to make sure I don't go back to a place is to, I was at a retail store here recently mm-hmm. and I'm checking out and um, I, the, the person said, hey, I'm only, I, uh, I've only got 30 more minutes left in my day. You know, mm. I was like, great, that's good. He said, yeah, I'm not staying here over. They don't pay me enough uh, to stay here long. He said, they don't care about their employees here. Ooh. Like this is, I'm just trying to like buy some milk, right? <laughs> and but uh, and I remember, you know, I told him uh, I was. This kid's probably 20 or so. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> when I went to, um, I remember working at AutoZone yeah. when I was in Starville, mm-hmm. uh, and. The impression that I that I I was always told, your problems don't need to be relayed to the customers. Mm, You're there point. to serve them, right? Really great. And point. so there's a lot of point, a lot of value in that. Um, I take that into what I do now. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I've got problems that I'm thinking about, but if I'm in a position of leadership, people come to me mm-hmm. and they want to talk to me about problems. They don't want to hear me tell them. You think you've got problems. Let me tell you what's going on. <laughs> That's right. That's not what we do. No. Right? No. But I also don't want to go back to that retail store anymore Mm-mm. if that young man is behind the counter. No. You know? Yeah. I told him, I said, this too will pass. Yeah. I've been I've been where you are. Yeah. I remember yeah. thinking when I was in college, all I wanted was a job where I didn't have to mop the floor at the end of the day. <laughs> because I got tired of mopping that floor every yeah. night. Yeah. But I did it. I hear you. Because I, I, I was taking their money, you know? <laughs> Very good points. And quite actually, these points that we're going to talk about through the rest of the show about how to make decisions, how Americans make decisions about people involved in their life, they are transcendent to all industry, not just property management or financial management or banking or being a doctor or being a nurse or working in a retail store. Mm -hmm. All these things we're going to talk about and continue to talk about throughout the rest of the store, uh, the show, I think, will uh, actually have some effect on you as you continue to listen to us here on Super Talk Radio at the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley here with you. and Executive D- Director of the show, Phil Womack, and our co-host today, Jeremy Hudson. And Jeremy, we were talking about how people make decisions in America. I'm l- looking at this survey here, and we're going to quickly review. You know, the first one we said was that People uh, have to realize it's about a first impression. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's about communication. Uh, thirdly, it's about my uh, feeling that you're intending to try to build trust with me. Completely. I, I always told people when I was practicing law on a regular basis, um, you know, sometimes if they had 
issues with, with the advice that I was giving them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I said, you know, this is just like any other relationship. Mm-hmm. You trust what I'm telling you or you don't. Yeah. You, you believe that I've got your best interest in mind you or you don't. And yeah. I said, there's no, I mean, I, if you, I, I've spent enough time with you, talking with you, letting you know what I think about you mm-hmm. and what I think about these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like any other, anything else in life. If you let people know that you genuinely care about them. Yes. They're gonna be on board with you, there you because go. they're gonna listen to you. But they've got to believe it, yeah. and it can't be lip service. You've no. got to listen to them. You've no. got to um, and pour if, into them. And that that knowledge that you genuinely care about me is communicated to me through your actions of deliberately trying to build trust with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you sit me down and say, "Listen, Greg, I'm trying to build trust with you. What is it going to take? <laughs> How many letters do I need to write? You know, right. uh, what answers do I need to give you? Yeah. How much counsel do I need to give you? I mean, I, I'm I'm not doing this just because it's my job. Right? Yeah. It's it, it's your you're in that position, and it is your job, but you're good at it because you care. There you go. You know, I I, I was having a conversation yesterday with one of our our regional managers, and the mm. first thing I said to her when we had to have a long conversation when um i sat down i said you know how much i value you what you do the Mm -hmm. way you carry yourself (laughs) how much you care about this job Mm -hmm. and i said that because i wanted her to know it like Mm -hmm. it's i I Mm -hmm. genuinely believe it Mm -hmm. she's excellent at what she does and Mm -hmm. i want her to know that and so when people know that you recognize that they're doing good things they're going to listen to you Right. Um, and I, it's a way that I wanted to get across a message to, to her particularly. Right. Um, you let people know that you care about them. Yeah. And if you don't care about the people you work with mm-hmm. and want to see them do good, mm-hmm. then you're going to be in, in trouble. So yeah. in the ninth grade, assistant basketball coach uh, comes up to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I look back on it, now that I'm almost 60, and the ninth grade was, you know, a few Yesterday, years ago. Right? Yeah. yeah. I know. So uh, now that I look back on it, uh, the man really had two choices that day. It was at the second or third day of basketball practice, and we were all still trying to make the team. Mm-hmm. Now, he could have done it this way. He could have come up and said, Cooley, you're not going to make this team right. unless you do this, this, and this. He could have started out with a negative right. tone. Yeah. You're not going to make this team, son, mm-hmm. unless this happens, to, you know. But he didn't. He came to me and he said, you're going to make this team when you do these things. Yeah. It was the exact same thing he could say. Right. But he basically said, you're going to make this team if you get here earlier, if you stay here later, and when you're here, you try the hardest. Mm-hmm. That's what he told me. Right. But he could have said, you ain't going to make this team unless you get here 20 minutes before or every one of these other boys and sweat. You know, you've already broken yeah. the sweat. He didn't say all that negative stuff. But he really said the same thing to me. That's leadership. It was. You know, and it's what you're saying reminds me of a moment when I was maybe nine or ten years old mm-hmm. playing park league baseball. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed to be on the park board here at, at mm-hmm. the Corinth Crossroads Park. Thank you for um, your service. No, I'm, I love it. I was brought up there. I, I love spending time there and seeing the impact that those games that are played mm-hmm. there make on people. Mm-hmm. When I was nine or ten years old, uh, my coach at the, on the team – I believe we were Toll Brothers, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. was Kenny Kilo. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny has barbecue yeah. place out yeah. on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. And I really wanted to be our catcher. I was mad that Kenny did not have me be catcher. I was pouting. <laughs> and he came over to me, and I won't ever forget it. He put, he's got massive, strong hands, and he put both of his hands on my shoulders. Yeah. And he said, son, I need you to play first base mm-hmm. because you have the best glove on the team, and I need somebody who can catch the ball when they throw it over here. 
There you go. I said, well, I'm a first baseman. <laughs> you know? That's exactly. I, my chest went out. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and that's that. <laughs> Yeah. That stuck with me to this day, and I've told Kenny that before. Yeah. But, you know, it, you take that approach with people who mm-hmm. you're interacting with, mm-hmm. you're going to get better results. Yeah. Uh, and so we're down to number four, and number four says you need to be social, that, which basically says, you know, every once in a while you need to go to a dinner party. You need to be seen in society. You need to support the, the park and give money to the church and everything. But it also means that while you're at the office, you actually carry on conversation. You listen to other people when they're talking about their kids and the home run that she hit. Completely. And, and you do that because you you care about them and you want them to know those things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go around and show videos of my kids doing stuff all the time, whether people want to see it or not. <laughs> exactly. Check this Whether out. y'all want to be social or not, we're going to have a social <laughs> moment here. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and, and you know about you know kids, uh, you're the, if they have their children have birthdays, they have mm-hmm. things going on, little things yeah. you know, like that will go a long way because – you, people know that you're invested in them. The other one, is, the next point is uh, you don't have to be in control. Mm. Every once in a while, other people have things that they need to input, and you can learn from them. Completely. If you if you know everything, then oh. why bother? Nobody's going to want to talk to you. And who you does? Know? Man, the older I've gotten, <laughs> the more I know that I, I need to have some other people around me, you know. <laughs> Right. Uh, early on, I remember when I first got out of law school, I put a ton of pressure on myself because I was I felt, well, I'm a lawyer. I need mm-hmm. to know every, the mm-hmm. answers to everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. Yeah. But I was too proud to admit it. And, and uh, eventually I, I came to understand that asking for help is a sign of strength and yes. it's not a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. Next point is to encourage people to take chances. Hmm. You know, don't stay stuck in one mode. Mm-hmm. Try some. Go back to school. Yeah. You um, know, yeah, you were a great writer. You were nominated for a Pulitzer. But, you know, you wanted to be a lawyer. Somebody right. had to encourage you along the way. That wasn't cheap, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, we definitely, uh, you know, took a, a, a leap of faith there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anna was, my first child was, I think, six months old when mm-hmm. I started law school, mm-hmm. um, something around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a big gamble for mm-hmm. sure, but it changed the course of my life. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. had a job offer at the Commercial Appeal in Memphis mm-hmm. the same day that I got my acceptance letter to Ole Miss Law School. There's your decision. Had a baby coming. Uh-huh. You know? And so <laughs> I took the, the, the law school path, and had I taken the job at the Commercial Appeal, yeah. they within three months they had yeah. laid off but a lot of their staff, you know, and I would have been laid off. I would have been there in Memphis with a newborn uh-huh. and Casey and I living in Memphis with no job. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, but um, you didn't know it at the time. At no. the time it sounded like the next step up. I was going to be making like $10,000 more and I was so happy. I was oh. just like, Oh yeah. Rolling. Yeah. But you know, you it know? gives me I just chill, chill bumps to sit here and hear that because that's America. Yeah. That's what's happening every day in this country. You turn on the television, you see how bad the stock market is up or how bad the stock market is down or what's happening with corona or whatever. Mm. And, and you don't realize that every day people are taking chances. They're listening to their dreams. That's the American way. It, it really is. It, it really is. And speaking of my dream, it was my dream to have this show. It was my dream that you helped me start it a few years ago, and I want to say thank you to it. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, it's always great to have Jeremy Hudson here with us, and we're going to continue this right here on Super Talk uh, and uh, the Advisors Roundtable. Have a great day.
discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.